Hello there. This is Isaac. It's really um, my pleasure to present this as the first in a long uh, awaited series of podcasts, and I'm going to be doing this on a much regular basis. I'll still be blogging, uh, and those blogs will appear both from InfiniteWaveAstrology.com and from IsaacGeorge.com, but on different topics. They're different um, focus with the astrology on one side and on human issues, spiritual issues, and so forth on the other side, including social and political commentary as well, in light of and in context of human evolution, consciousness, love, sexuality, all kinds of stuff, the planet herself, and the greater cosmos. Today's subject that I want to talk about is about pleasure and about sexual pleasure, but just pleasure in general. And I feel this is a subject that um, is gaining more acceptance, you know, an idea that whose time has come in terms of how people have been so focused, say, in previous decades or in the previous centuries even, on just mere survival or social climbing or economic climbing and trying to get ahead, especially since World War II. There's been a lot of with the consumer culture and and so forth, the, the drive to achieve or the drive to uh, make oneself better and to make one's circumstances better than what their parents had. This is um, this has been a natural progression in a way, but also an unnatural one, because a lot of our technological age has taken us away from our roots as human beings, and we've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten uh, what really makes us tick. There is uh, a greater understanding today about how the mind works, how our genetics work, um, but even less understanding about where we came from, why are we here, what is our role with the planet and with nature, what is our place in the universe. The spiritual seeking that's been going on for a long time, the, the, the merging of East and West and all of these different new, seemingly new, and mystical paths have arisen to answer this hunger that we have inside for connection, for um, solving and overcoming this sense of separateness. And there's so much wounding in the human history, in human experience, there's so much pain, so much suffering, so many seem to go without in the world, in the material world, food, water, shelter, decent sanitation, education. So where does pleasure fit into all of this? Well, Pleasure is something that all creatures, all sentient creatures, animals, nature, everything tries to avoid pain, obviously. I mean, we don't crave pain. We don't want pain. But pleasure is something that has um, been sort of bred out of us, in a way, through religion, is one thing that comes to mind, and certainly the work ethic, the Puritan work ethic that says, you know, uh, you know, you have to forego or suppress things that are pleasurable. There are many, there are many things uh, that we are asked to forego, like uh, especially because in because of the work ethic, the Puritan work ethic. In our culture, we are asked to suppress or to avoid or to forego pleasure because it's something that um, 
needs to happen down the road after we've achieved something or a certain task or chores done. We, you know, pleasure is always put off just as it is in religion. It's sort of like, well, you have to suffer and have pain in this life. And then eventually, you know, you'll go to heaven, you know, or, and you'll have a real pleasurable time there. But for now, you just have to forget about pleasure. You know, you just have to work hard and do the right thing. So sexuality and pleasure has gotten, um, a lot of notice with the rise of Tantra and other sacred, sacred sexuality motifs in recent decades, but it's still um, pretty much the tide of human interest seems to be more focused as pleasure being something that is maybe necessary, but not really something that's central to the human experience. Ecstasy and bliss is highly promoted through, you know, sexual practices or techniques, um, various ways to enhance or to bring into a human being's experience a regeneration or a repatriation to uh, pleasure as being something that is an avenue to higher consciousness, to better integration, to healing. But these were all things that prior to industrialized society and technological society and agriculture itself, this was something that was just a given, that we are sexual beings, that we are entitled to pleasure, that pleasure is a way of actually socially bonding with a tribe, with our group, with uh, each other in a way that takes the edge off, that that encourages us to be sharing and loving and to connect. There's a woman who wrote a book called Sex and Pleasure in Western Culture, Gail Hawks. And I found this quote in, a, in another book. Um, and it struck me as being a good way to segue into, the, into this particular subject matter. It's written as a understanding of what the pagan or indigenous or foraging cultures were about before the rise of civilization eight, seven, eight thousand years ago, city-states, monotheistic religions, so forth. Here's the quote. Love offered the means to spiritual balance between mortal and immortal aspects of humanity. The experience of love thus linked the material body with the spiritual self, and this link was reflected in the strategies for the management of both. The desiring body, by this reasoning, was not a threat to social order, but lay at the center of a harmony essential to the health of the individual and society. So if you want to look that up again, it's Gail Hawkes' book, Sex and Pleasure in Western Culture. You know, it's like coming full circle as a species, um, we're paying attention to what's happening to the planet. We're paying attention to what's happening to nature, how our influence and impact has degraded our environment, our ecosystems. So coming full circle is always an interesting paradox in the human experience. In our individual lives, we sometimes grow for a time along a certain train of thought or a belief or a conditioned belief. And then one day we're confronted with finding ourselves coming back to our most innate and intuitive knowings about a thing or a circumstance. When this has happened to me, I've pondered 
what and why the journey away from this essential knowing was even necessary. In the end, I can only guess that it is one of the functions of the soul to explore and test everything in order to validate the essence of the true self. It certainly makes for an interesting journey. For me, this part of the journey back is about myself as a sexual being, as spiritual being, one and the same, and as a creature of nature and this world, not some far distant place somewhere across the galaxy. When I look back over my life and I lay aside my conditioned perceptions and interpretations, my sexuality has been inexorably linked to my spiritual quest and to attendant peak experiences or spiritual experiences, however you wish to think about those. One of these peak experiences was my Kundalini awakening 20 years ago in 1994, which was partly triggered by an awakening to soul love with another person. This heart and sexual opening that resulted began the process of a full Kundalini awakening, not something I highly recommend to be sought out, because it will bring up everything, <laughs> everything that has been held in denial. Even so, the pendulum would swing between bliss and ecstasy and also pain and suffering and deep catharsis. And even though the relationship itself that was the catalyst or the trigger wasn't meant to last, the changes that it started are still unfolding in my life 20 years later. There are so many critical issues facing individuals right now, our whole species, the planet itself, and there's certainly a type of collective kundalini awakening going on, both spiritual and social, and I know this from an astrological standpoint that that's an accurate assessment. We're asked to awaken, we're asked to bring soul into our lives again. The planet and our sun are shaking and moving, and it is my firm belief that there is a living consciousness within this planet who is awakening also and is part of this awakening and driving this awakening within us. Somehow, it's all connected. With all that is demanding our attention and the stresses of our schedules and our obligations, we ignore a lot of our own needs and desires and sublimate our most primal drives. One of the primary things we need to rediscover is the value of pleasure and passion. Currently, most of the wisdom for creating a better balance in life is focused on techniques and disciplines to manage stress. Well, our ancestors didn't have to cope with stress, except in certain singular moments when they were trying not to be eaten. But nonetheless, most of the rest of the time, they were de-stressed, completely relaxed. These days, yoga and meditation are two of the most popular methods of coping with chronic stress. Other methods include mindfulness practices, biofeedback, and binaural beats set to music, dance and movement therapies, and body and energy work of various types, all valuable. What does not get mentioned too often is sexual pleasure or pleasure through touch and intimacy. That usually falls under the umbrella of, oh, well, that's Tantra or sacred sexuality or you need to go see a therapist. Recently, though, hugging and cuddling clubs have started up promoting non-sexual touch to create relaxation and intimacy. That's a step forward, certainly as most of us living in this super-technological world are stuck in our heads most of the time or spend a great deal of living our experience out there, not inside. We do need to be making more contacts as possible with others in real life, in person, 
not just on our social networks, and also, more importantly, with our own bodies and with nature. If I may paraphrase the opening quote again from Gail Hawks, love offers the means to spiritual balance between mortal and immortal aspects of humanity. It's about integration, about ending the apparent mind-body-spirit split that many label separation. Spiritual separation is not a divinely ordained condition, it is a human one, and has nothing to do with some mythical fall from grace. Separation is what happens when there is an internal disconnect from our core, from our real self. It's like a mental wedge driven between the soul and the human form. We maintain the separation through complying with social, religious, political, and now corporate rules and expectations. We would do well to recognize that many spiritual paths and philosophies do not necessarily confer a sense of connectedness or oneness with the body, as most of them seem to be very much focused on the body being just an instrument, just a passing phenomena. And those few, that really small fraction of people who have gained enlightenment or have claimed to, well, why hasn't it happened to many more? There must be a reason. So what shall we do about the human condition? How can we repatriate ourselves to our natural cycles and instincts? What part can pleasure play in coming into a deeper harmony with each other, the other forms of life that are here with us, and the planetary consciousness itself? I believe first we must change the name of the game from competition to cooperation. We are not going to be able to hold on to this consumerist mentality forever and remain sane or healthy. There are documented studies of our closest genetic relatives, the bonobo chimpanzee, that have revealed that it is through generous applications of pleasure that all conflicts are eased and resolved. Deeper bonding occurs when our basis for relating shifts from scarcity to sharing. Secondly, we need to detox ourselves from all the old religious forms and taboos. Just because something is a tradition doesn't mean it's friendly to the evolving of your consciousness or for the rest of the human family. Perhaps the new religion, quote-unquote, is to recognize the divinity already inherent in ourselves and in the natural surroundings that we get to enjoy here and call Mother Earth. Lastly, we need to relax a lot more regarding our sexuality. This is especially needed to remove the stigma and false shame around human female sexuality. The litany of the major religions isn't just anti-feminine, it's anti-human and anti-nature. In pagan Europe, there were no gender wars or lack of egalitarian treatment of women. Women shared equally in everything. We need to treat our sexuality as a gift of love and expressing it with respect and caring for ourselves and with others. And if so, love will go a long way to healing the rift between men and women and thereby our own societies and our relationship to nature. Part of the revealing of the mystery of who we are is our capacity for pleasure and our need for pleasure and love. It actually stimulates us in many aspects of our creativity and our quest for spiritual wisdom. 
For over 2,000 years, there has been an epidemic of denial about pleasure and sexuality, not only in the major religions, but even within many other traditional and non-traditional spiritual paths. Perhaps the human condition hasn't changed as much as it could have if there wasn't a tendency to view our bodies, pleasure, and sexuality as being the cause of the current human condition. Perhaps the inverse is the truth. Perhaps we allowed ourselves to be sold a plan of salvation when all along redemption has been sleeping within us, within our bodies, within our senses. Our attachment to the redemptive value of suffering is a strategic error in human evolution. Life's pleasures make it worth living. This responsibility starts with us, with each and every one of us. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about what I do and how I do it, please visit www.isaacgeorge.com or www.infinitewaveastrology.com. Until next time, be well, peace, and may pleasure find you.